number six. We're going to talk about Abraham. I'm awful glad that you're having uh, Brother John Wilkerson and Brother John um, uh, Michigan. What's his name? That's your, uh, Jenkins. Jenkins and uh, your uh, conference you're having here, your camp meeting. I came to one you had here many, many years ago, and you had sawdust all over the carpet. I remember that night, and I thought, I bet somebody at his church is going to hate him for doing that. But uh, we're going to bring a whole bunch of folks for your conference tonight at Dora's here. And uh, our college and careers would like to take on your college and careers in a game of volleyball, and uh, we'll beat your socks off, I'll tell you that. But we want to bring up folks, and Dora doesn't get to come to our church, so she's coming to your church. Uh, anyway, don't know how you did that. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3. Would you read with me, please, verse number 6? <clears throat> Galatians 3, verse... I'm in Romans. No wonder that looks strange up here. All right. Galatians 3, verse number 6. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Would you read it again with me? But Abraham, uh, even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Our Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please speak to our hearts, Lord. Lord, we want to learn what the Bible has to say to us today. Even as you called Abraham, and Abraham believed God, I ask you, Father, please, that you'd use this Bible message to encourage someone to keep on going, even as they get into their senior years the gray hair, the bald head. Father, may we never stop serving Jesus, Lord, until you call us home. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'm 63 years old. I could retire, I guess. I started taking Social Security already, but I'm not ready to quit yet. I'm not ready to let the devil have the country. I'm not ready to let the devil have the world, and I think there's a lot of work left to be done. I see some other silver hair folks here today. Let's show the young kids here how to serve God. I have six kids. I have seven now, counting Caleb, Carrie's son. I used to travel the country, and everybody would say, oh, you're one of Dan Kagan's kids. You're one of Dan Kagan's kids. Now I travel the country, and they say, oh, that's Becky's dad. That's Sam's dad. That's Dora's dad. That's Will's dad. I think some of you folks have been going down to Lafreniere's church and be with uh, Brother Lafreniere in his time of grief down there in Fairfield. And my sons go over there a lot, and they preach, sing, and love, and help, and work there. And, you know, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth, brother, the greatest Greatest thing in all the world. They're running my church this morning in my absence. I don't know what to think about this. I'll probably get back and have to put all the pieces together. But I am glad about one thing. They're saved. They love Jesus. And they love God's people. So if I do kick the bucket while I'm preaching today, that'll be great with me, but... I'm not done yet as far as I know, and I hope you're not either. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 6, it tells us the first thing. If you'd like to be like Abraham, it tells us 
even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Our first point, if you're taking notes, Abraham stood tall in his day. Abraham stood tall. There were millions of people alive, if you've read your Bible in those days. But Abraham was one that believed God. And when you believe God, you're different than all the folks up and down your street. When you believe God, you're different than the people in your neighborhood. When you believe God, you're a born-again Christian when you believe God. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He stood tall. Even today, every major religion in the world wants to be related to Abraham. Ask the Jews about Abraham. Oh, he's founding father of our religion. Ask the Muslims about Abraham. Now, they'll tell you a twisted story, but they'll say that Abraham's our father. They'll tell you that Abraham did not walk Isaac up the hill. You ever talk to a Muslim? They'll tell you Abraham took Ismail up the hill. Talk to a Muslim sometime. They twist the whole story around. They claim to be Abraham's children too. Christians believe that we're the children of Abraham. And in Sunday school, we sing the song, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons said, Father Abraham. Everybody wants to be related to Abraham. The first thing that we find out about Abraham, he stood tall. He believed God. I have found out as a pastor now for over 40 years, It takes a lot of guts to trust what God says instead of what everybody else says. It takes a lot of guts to stand on the word of God instead of believing what people try to tell you. I've been there 26 years. I've had a a battle or two. And I'll tell you this, most folks don't believe God. And they think you're a nutcase if you do believe God. But I believe God. And I believe it shall be as it was told me. I think that's what he said on the ship as it was going down. Abraham stood tall, number one. Number two, go to Genesis 12 and verse 1, please. I'd like to show you where Abraham answered the call. Genesis 12, verse 1, please. Abraham stood tall back in the day. Number two, Abraham answered the call. Genesis 12 and verse Number one, now the Lord had said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. I don't know how many people in Abraham's day that God called. I don't know how many people were told to do this, but I do know that when God called Abraham, Abraham said, yes, sir. I saw one of the fellows here, military, saluted you a few moments ago, Brother Vasek. And that's what Abraham did to God. God said, Abraham, leave your family, leave your country, come over from Ur of the Chaldees and come over to the Canaan land. Abraham said, yes, sir. Now, if I understand the story right, Genesis chapter 11, his daddy came with him. But his daddy died up there in uh, verse number 32 before that. Terah died in Haran. And Abraham even came without his dad, and Abraham answered the call. Has God ever called you to do something? Has God ever called you to go somewhere? I heard that Mrs. Bertalovitz has two married daughters, two adult daughters in the church here. I heard she's got some grandkids here. I'm not the only grandpa, hallelujah. Brother Bertalovitz answered the call many years ago. 
answered the call. Today we honor our military fellows who answered the call, and they serve my sons in his second uh, six-year term. He is a he went to Kuwait, he went into Iraq, and he'll be going back, it sounds like, if everything keeps going the way it's going. But he loves being a soldier. The only thing I know of that's close to being a soldier is being a pastor of a fundamental independent Baptist church, brother. Standing up for God, even if you've got to stand all alone. Scary sometimes. This is a church that backs their pastor, and I appreciate that. But Abraham, he answered the call. What has God called you to do? Did God call you to be a pastor? Did God call you to be a Sunday school worker? Did God call you to serve him as a missionary? And here you sit today, and that was a long time ago when you heard the call. Did you hear God tell you to do something and you've decided, no, I'm not going to do it? Has God ever called you and told you to not do this and stop doing that and you picked it back up again and started doing it again? Have you ever heard the voice of God call? I heard the voice of God call. He called me to start this thing for India. He told me to marry that little lady right over there. She didn't believe it at first, but he did. God called me to come to Norwalk, Connecticut, and I was living out in Kansas, pastoring a church out in the country. You probably don't remember Nas Ferreira and Doss and uh, Tony Russo and Larry Flood and all those old guys from 30 years ago. I was happily pastoring a church out there and we were having a revival meeting out in the yard of the church. We built a brush arbor. Whoever heard of a brush arbor in these days? And we had a country and western singer. You'd like this. Johnny Flanagan. You ever heard of They'd come and he'd sing, I'm Johnny, she's Nelda. And boy, they'd sing their hearts out. Beautiful stuff, man. And we were hosting them and had a big crowd. And the phone rang that afternoon. And it was these folks from Norwalk, Connecticut. And they called me to come. I said no. They called the next week. I said no. They called and they called and they called. I said no. Six times they called. And I said, God, if they ever call again, I'll at least go look. They called again, and uh, I got on an airplane. I came out, landed at LaGuardia, came up to Norwalk, scared out of my boots. I remember the hotel stayed there. I remember the people I met. Oh, my, my, my. The pastor then was Brother Norman Wood. Ms. Bertalovitz, do you remember Norman Wood and Karen? And, boy, he introduced me to the people that morning, and he said, Folks, I'm going to resign the church, and this man is going to be your new pastor. And he walked out the side door. (laughs) Trish was sitting at the piano. I looked at him, and I said, I don't know about you, but I'm going back to Kansas tomorrow, folks. I preached, I went back to Kansas, and I'll be, I fasted all week long. I prayed five days. At the end of the week, as clear as a bell, God told me to leave Kansas and go to Connecticut. (laughs) I was working a job (laughs) at a steel factory out in Ottawa, Kansas, and I drove all the way back to where I was living in Paola, Kansas, and there was a missionary standing at the front door of my house, and he was from Hammond. And he said, uh, I'm missionary uh, going down to Brazil, 
And I shook his hand and I said, I'm Dan Kagan. I'm going to Norwalk, Connecticut. And uh, what in the world? Has God ever called you to do something? Did you know that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance? Did you know if God wanted you to do it, then he still wants you to do it now? He still wants you to do it now? That job can't be done by anybody else. God wants you to do that job. There's something for you to do. Abraham stood tall because he believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness. But then Abraham answered the call. Won't you answer the call today? Number three, we see something amazing about Abraham. He started small. Look at verse number five. And Abram, Abram, just Genesis 12, 5, and Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haram, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. I love this next phrase, and into the land of Canaan they came. Now, I believe that's the 430 years from there to the time that Joseph, uh, that Moses brings them out. I believe that's the point right there. I can't prove that, but I think it is. But Abraham started small. We know by the end of his life, Abraham was the richest man in the East. We know that Abraham was so amazing. Uh, History tells us he's the greatest in all the Old Testament. Yet those first steps are so hard. Those first steps of doing something for God is like, For a, for a Christian. That first step is so difficult for a lost person to turn your heart away from the world and turn your eyes upon Jesus and take that step of faith and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham started small, but I want to tell you, you don't know where God will take you. You don't know what God will do with you. You have no idea what plans God has. God just told Abraham to go, and Abraham got up and went. Now, we know that in chapter 22, not only did Abraham stand tall, Genesis 22, verse 1, Abraham stood tall because he believed God. And Abraham answered the call, and he followed God. And we know number three started small, but look what he does in chapter 22 and verse number 1. Got a Bible there. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Abraham gave it all. He stood tall. He answered the call. He started small, but he gave it all. He left his mother and father. He left Ur of the Chaldees and came over to where God told him to go. And when he got there, if I understand it correct, he was 75 years old. He had no children. I guess, how old was he when uh, Isaac was born? 99? Is that what it was? 100 years old, when Isaac was born, and then God says one day, Abraham, you love your son? I love my son. More than anything, more than anything, God says, take your son that you love and give him to me as a burnt sacrifice. Abraham took his son without flinching an eye, and he took the the, uh, beast, and he put the wood, and he got a torch, and he got his servants, and let's go. And they went to the mount that God showed him of. 
I think it's actually Calvary. It's called Moriah in the Old Testament. I think it's Calvary. And they saw the mountain there, and he left the servant with the animal, and he put the wood on his son, and his son climbed the mountain with the wood on his back. Sure sounds like Calvary to me. And he got on the top of the hill, and he built an altar there. Isaac says, Papa, here's the wood, here's the fire. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide himself a sacrifice. And Abraham grabs that son that he loves and he ties him up and he puts him on the altar and he raises a knife to slay his own son. And suddenly God stops him. Abraham, Abraham, I just wanted to see if you love me more than you love anything else in the world. All through your Christian life, you're going to find out if you're going to serve God, it's going to cost a lot. If you're going to do something for God, you've got to give up things that you'd like to hang on to. But every sacrifice is rewarded. Every sacrifice is blessed of God. We should not count our successes by how much stuff we collect, but rather we should count our successes by how much that we give away to our God. You're not great because you have a cool car. You might be great if you gave away a cool car. You're not great if you have a great big house. You might be great if you gave up a great big house so you could go be a missionary somewhere. You might be great. In God's economy, it's not how much you have, it's how much you give. Let's go a step further than that. It's how much you have left over after you gave in God's economy. Oh, Brother Kagan, what have you got? Carrie Sewell, missionary in Mexico, she wanted to know, what do you got, Dan? What you got? How much am I going to get if I marry old Dan Kagan? I told her, well, I don't have a life insurance policy. I don't own a house. I don't own any property. I don't own the church. I live in a church-owned and church-given parsonage. What have you got? I don't have a bank account. I don't have a savings account. What have you got? I said, well, I got six wonderful kids and a good name. And she said, yes. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought the object in life is to get all you can and can all you get. That's not God's economy. What are you supposed to do in life? We're supposed to serve the Lord. We're supposed to believe God. And then we're supposed to listen for the call of God and obey the call of God. And then wherever God leads us, whatever he tells us to do, like Abraham, sacrifice it all, lay it all on the altar, give it to God. I had an old guitar one time. It was a beautiful thing. It was a guild. I bought it new in 1972. I went to Bible college, and boy, I was broke. The last semester, Brother Vasek, I took my guild guitar to a hawk shop. Man. Sold it for 300 bucks. That was back in 1980. Man, oh man, was I sad. Beautiful thing. But I entered the ministry, and 
One guy bought me another guild. Then another guy bought me a Martin. Hallelujah. I got some pretty cool guitars. I took and sold a pistol I had so I could graduate my last year of Bible college. Man, we were, we were broke. It was a nice gun, really pretty, sharp thing. I thought, man, I'll never have another gun as long as I live. Well, I tell you what. God's awful nice and people are awful nice. I got some pretty nice guns now. We go to India, and every time I go to India, it costs me more, and it costs me more. And every month I support these guys, it just costs me more and costs me more. And I keep wondering, how can I keep doing this? But I don't know. God's awful good. Sacrifice is what life's all about. I have found with God, the more you give, the more you get. And you cannot outgive God. What a great God we have. Well, Abraham stood tall because he believed God. Abraham answered the call and he left Ur of the Chaldees. Abraham started small. And Abraham, chapter 22, verse 1, Abraham gave it all. You got your Bible? Genesis 13. And look at. Verse number 14. We're going to look at the Abrahamic covenant here. Genesis 13, verse 14. Brother Vasek, I'm trying to get finished right on time here for you. Best I can. Genesis 13 and verse number 14. Here's what God said to Abraham. You gave it all. You, you've answered the call. You believe God. I like this guy. So I'm going to make you a promise, Abraham. Look at the Abraham promise. Genesis 13, 14, and the Lord said unto Abraham, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And I'll make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise. Walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. I don't know how you turn this on, but God said, Abraham, every place the sole of your foot comes down. I'm going to give that to you for an inheritance. You know what Abraham did? You've got to be kidding me. Every place the sole of my foot goes... From that day till the day he died, here's what Abraham did. You read back there. And that man lived in tents all of his life, wandered and wandered. He just started walking. I get every place I can go. And God said, yeah. Abraham said, you watch this. And he walked. Every place he went is now the inheritance of the Jewish people. And God promised him that. You all know Dr. Tom Williams. That guy walks by faith. And that guy believes God. And one time I was talking with him, and I love Brother Williams. He's been to our church many, many times. Brother Williams told me, Danny, you could have anything you want if you just ask God for it. I just looked at him for a long time, Brother Vasek. That guy scares me because that's how he lives. You just ask God for it. 
And every place the sole of your foot touches, you can have it for an inheritance. Any, every place I go, God, every place you go, you can have whatever you ask God for. Abraham lived that. I believe Tom Williams lives that too. And that's how we all live as Christian people. Abraham was in it for the long haul. All his life he wandered around. Well, you say, preacher, I know over there in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 that it says Abraham was looking for a city. Why don't we look at that verse? Hebrews chapter 11. That point, five, point six there was he was in it for the long haul. But look at Hebrews chapter 11. This verse kind of puzzled me for a while. <clears throat> Let's read 8, 9, and 10. If you'd read it together with me, we'll finish the Bible message this morning. Abraham stood tall because he believed God. And Abraham answered the call. And Abraham started small, but he gave it all, and he was in it for the long haul. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Would you read? By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. As in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now when I read that verse for many years, I thought Abraham was looking for like Minneapolis, Minnesota, or Kansas City, or uh, New York, or Chicago. But if I understand this correctly... Abraham was not looking for a city that man built. Abraham's looking for a city that God built. And he's in this thing for the long haul. See, uh, if you read all through Genesis there, Abraham doesn't ever stay in a city anywhere. He's just wandering around like a, like a, uh, out in the desert somewhere, like an Arab, just wandering and wandering, drifting around. He's, what's he doing? He's claiming the promises of God. God said, any place my feet will go, I can have this for inheritance for my children, so I better get busy. And he just walked and walked and walked. And in Hebrews, it says, I, I like that, what you said in Sunday school this morning, uh, the New Testament shows us their character or something about that person. Uh, Abraham was looking for a city. You ever heard that song? Looking for a city. And he wasn't looking for a city built by man. He was looking for a city built by God. Well, you say, did he ever find that city? Yes, you find that city the moment that you die. He was not living for things of this world. But he had all kinds of possessions. He wasn't looking for buildings that are made by man, but he had hundreds of servants. At one point, he took all the servants born in his house to go and rescue Lot. There was hundreds of boys that he went down there with in that battle. He had a lot, but he wasn't living for that. He wasn't looking for that. Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. I guess this is point number seven. I don't know what number six or seven, but Abraham was looking for a city that would not fall. Verse number 10 there. He looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. The stock market is going to fall. 
the U.S. dollar is going to fall. There'll come a time when the United States is going to fall. Your bank's going to fall. Your investment broker's going to fall. Let me explain something to you folks. You better be putting your money on something better than the U.S. dollar and the U.S. government. You better put your money for a city that has foundations that no man has built it. Abraham was looking for that city. Now, he had all kinds of money. And he had all kinds of treasure. But he was not living for the here and now. If I understand this verse, it's telling about Abraham's eyesight. He was looking for heaven. Now, he got these things for his children. He got things for his inheritors, those who were going to come after him. But Abraham, number one, believed God. And so it was accounted to him for righteousness. Did you know God's still looking for people who will believe God? And Abraham obeyed the call. I think God's still calling people today. What we're doing right now is called the invitation. God's calling somebody here to be saved. And God's calling someone here who is saved to live for God. God called Abraham. Abraham believed God. God's calling someone to step out by faith and do something for God. And you start small, but, oh, you never know where God's going to take you once you take that first step. I started going to India. Carrie started going to Mexico. Brother Vasek came here. and You don't know where it's going to take you, but you got to take that first step. Step, oh my, step out by faith. Did God tell you to do something long ago? Has God told you what he wants you to do with your life and you've been putting it off and wait? It's, there's no time like the present. You're never going to be any younger. It's now or never, son. Get with the program. And you got to stick to it for your whole life. But the whole object of this, and this is the invitation, you're laying up treasures in heaven. I believe every dime I send to Mexico, I believe every dime or dollar I send to India, I'll see it again in heaven with interest. I believe every Bible that we pass out and give them away, I believe God will reward us for the work, the effort, the money, the time, whatever it takes to get lost people saved. I think if you're involved in any other work, you're spinning your wheels. You're wasting time. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, Lord.